excited. Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Selinski, aka the Running Wine Mom. And today we have a culinary virtuosa who's been dishing out delectable delights and stirring up a storm in the world of food. Our guest today is not just a chef. She's a creator of pop-up farm dinners aimed to recreate the outdoor cooking experience passed down by her grandmother, accompanied by her supportive sisters. From pop-up farm dinners that celebrate the beauty of nature and the freshness of local ingredients to a thriving career as a food stylist, recipe tester, and even a stint alongside the queen of the kitchen herself, Rachel Ray, on The Rachel Ray Show, our guest has worn many hats, all seasoned with her unique passion and expertise. So grab your favorite glass of wine, sit back, and prepare to be inspired as we dive into the culinary world of VJ Morris, a chef, a mom, and a woman who's making the world a tastier place, one unforgettable memory at a time. Welcome, VJ. Hi. <laughs> so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. We are yes. cheers. Yes. Um, and along with all the other things about wonderful things about her, she is also local to, um, so that is how we connected, which I'm so excited to. We're like not that far from each other. Yeah, actually. we're very oh, close. So amazing. Yes. This is, I always say this is like my favorite thing of the podcast is just like meeting local women who are just like badasses like I I was saying earlier I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe you did all this stuff not that I can but I, mean, I can't but yeah no I can't believe I did it too but here we are. Here we are. All right. To start each episode, we have our wine, wine, and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine, vent about something that has been bothering us, and celebrate our recent victory. So grab a glass, take a deep breath, and let's get started. What oh. is your wine, W-I-N-E, of the week? Uh, so I, it's always one wine for me. Uh, it's a notorious pink. It's a rosé. So that's awesome. my go-to all the time. Good for the uh, winter and the summer months. I mean, it's good for anything. And what is your favorite thing to pair a rosé with? Popcorn. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are we are we are more similar than you popcorn. might know. <laughs> Just it's popcorn. Popcorn is like my. I swear, I we do um like stovetop popcorn like. I saw three or the, four times a week. <laughs> I was like, I love this. Yes. She doesn't have the pack ones. Nope, we do. Oh, it's the best. Um, so what is your W-H-I-N-E of the week? Oh, yeah, waking up this morning. <laughs> uh, waking up this morning. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I was happy it was Friday, though, so here we are. <laughs> yes, uh, love it. And I said, on the running wine, Mom, we have zero judgment of yes. how you spend your night before you meet me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is your win of the week? Actually, being here. Oh, that's exciting. Meeting you, like, you know, I think this is the win of the week, and it's Friday. So. Yes, and I'm excited because I do a lot of my interviews virtually, um, So, but I am always so excited to do them in person. It's a different connection being in person and, like, seeing it, so I'm excited for this. Um, what is one struggle that you've overcome leading to where you are now? Um, confidence, uh, allowing myself to be who I really am mm -hmm. instead of just being influenced of who am I supposed to be. Yes, I can definitely relate to that. Um, it's so, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was like, I feel like in my 20s, it was so much of like, okay, how can I fit in? How can I do this? And then like in my 30s, all of a sudden I was like, wait, like I want to do this and that. And then you're just like happier doing those things and flourishing in what you are passionate about, which you are very much doing. Um, so that up and you have so much to be confident about <laughs> um what is one thing you're most proud of in your life um my children i had fertility issues and i uh they were 
that I'm a proud enjoy, actually. I think that's that, awesome. Like, that's the one thing that I'm proud of. Yeah. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about your family later, but that is something that is um, just, you know, no one, no one can prepare you to be a parent until no. you become a parent. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're my That's they're awesome. My um, so the Running Wine Mom, we first start off with a little fitness. What mm-hmm. is your favorite way to stay active? So I like running. Mm-hmm. And I run a lot. I did Philly Marathon last mm-hmm. year, which Congrats. was horrible. <laughs> I cried at mile 19 till the end. Oh, no. So running is my favorite thing to do. And I work out with a group of women at my gym. And we all kind of like. Uh, motivate one another so we go lifting that's great together and we call it like ladies who lift oh, because so... we really like motivate each other yes oh that's great that's the community of uh working out is something that's like so important I feel and running it's funny that you say after mile 19 when I did the um New York City marathon I saw my parents at mile 23 and I just started hysterically crying mm-hmm. and I was like do I have to finish it I That's don't want I to no one prepares you yeah. for that emotional yeah because you do your long runs and you're like oh I got this yeah you're by yourself and everything but like when you're going towards the end you just oh my god like <laughs> I don't know if I can be able to do this I yes and the emotions running high and then you do um how do you stay motivated to maintain your own fitness routine I, I haven't the past, um, since I started uh, Field and Fire, I'm actually having a really hard time. It's hard. It's Yeah, I can't figure out the balance right now. So right. I think I'm just focusing all into this business. And my friends, the ladies that I work out mm-hmm. with, they keep reminding me that I need to go to the gym mm-hmm. and everything. And I keep coming up with an excuse and... Yeah, I'm having a very hard time balancing that right now. Truth. <laughs> You'll find that's that list, there's nothing wrong with that. You'll find your balance. And how long ago did you start the business? I started in July. Yeah, that's what I was gonna summer. say. It's very it's very <laughs> new. So yeah. I think you have a little bit of a, of leeway to uh, get yourself started, and then um, you know. And what struggle do you have to stay healthy and fit? Popcorn and wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was gonna say besides the time, uh, popcorn and wine. I can't just... not having the time to eat. Actually, yeah. I feel like uh, my friend, who is a nutritionist, she always tells me that I need to um, have my proteins in the morning mm-hmm. and make sure. So I feel like I keep jumping from one thing to another thing that I forget to eat. Then yeah. When I sit down and I eat, I just eat for an eat, hour right yeah so yeah. I feel like that's the one and that's so interesting that I have till today yeah <laughs> unfortunately and that's uh like so interesting as you would think like being a chef and just like it would be so easy for you to just figure out the food thing but it's so um you know that's just clear it's not the case which no, is, no not all the time yeah <laughs> So let's talk about parenthood. Can you give us, what? what is your um, immediate family? You have, how many kids do you have? I have two kids. Okay. I have a uh, five and a half year old boy and a two year old daughter. Oh. And I mean, my husband too, his family. Yeah. <laughs> his family that I've chosen. Yes. So yeah, and then I do have my parents and sisters around. Okay. Uh, they live in that area as well, so. Okay. So you guys, and as we, we were kind of talking earlier that you guys kind of like move around a lot, what are some of the places, what are some of your favorite places that you've lived? So I met my husband like really like 12, 14 years ago, but my favorite place that I ever lived, it was uh, Williamsburg okay. in New York. Mm-hmm. And that was my favorite ever. My least favorite, yeah. it was Pittsburgh. Okay. 
uh, and for and that happened to be my son's birthplace. Oh. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed California. We lived in California. I think California was like the part where I really came in with my culinary roots mm -hmm. and I just went for it and I feel like it was a whole different enjoyment for me because I was going to culinary school. Mm -hmm. I was in California, the ingredients, everything. Mm -hmm. It was just... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear all about your uh, <laughs> culinary journey. But what was your thing you were least prepared for in parenthood? <laughs> Being a parent, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, to be honest with you. It's just being a parent, I didn't know. I, I always thought that it would be like, oh, you know, you wake up in the morning, mm -hmm. you feed them. But I, yeah, I didn't know that waking up in the morning was not going to be my choice anymore. <laughs> it's like my no. son's choice, which is 5 a.m. in the morning. Oh, geez. Um, but yeah, just being a parent, like the challenges that every day wants. Right. Uh, just I'm taking it like a day at a time. Yeah. And I really feel like parenthood, everyone sees, you. no one really sees like the intricate inside of anyone's home, you know, on a regular basis. And um, it's like, oh, you know, you're meeting people out or you're like seeing like, oh, that's parenthood. But the inside of the house is really like It's like a mess. Wild. It's a war zone. It's <laughs> it a war zone. Really the is. house is clean for two seconds. Yeah. As soon as the kids come home, it's kind of like, what just happened? That was even today. My husband was like, you know, I'll like straighten some things up down the basement. And I get home and I'm like doing, putting some stuff down here. I run upstairs. The, both the kids come down and Mark's like, where are they? He's like, <laughs> they're probably ruining the basement right now. There was like remotes everywhere and you know it's just Something, like they like it's I gave up at yeah. this point I was that like I thought I was going to be so clean and so like you know structured I am that person mm -hmm. uh, no my children win and they walk all over me <laughs> I give up it's all right <laughs> um what is your parenting style do you think I don't really have one yeah. honestly I just go with Whatever is that day. Yeah, that's great. I don't have any strict rules or whatsoever. Yeah. Just whatever yeah. goes, goes. Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever works for us. Whatever. Moment. Survival. <laughs> exactly. Survival, parents. Yeah. There you go. I've got the word. That's, that's yeah. Word. I'm like, I guess, you know, there's not really like specific parenting, but I just always, I'm always interested in like, yeah, what's your parenting vibe? Survival. I have no vibe. <laughs> have no vibe. It's more of like, can we make it through the day? Yes, we can. Let's try to achieve that's, whatever we can, and that's it. Yeah, that's um, definitely a lot I, of days I, for us. I just don't know how to be on a schedule right? when it comes to the kids. Or even, like, because, like, the way that I grew up, like, I had so many strict rules right. from my family and the country that I grew up mm -hmm. in and everything. So, to me, like, like I don't set boundaries. Mm -hmm. My husband always says, you should be setting boundaries with the kids. And I'm like, but they're babies. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think I'm going to, you know. But that's, like, refreshing to hear because I feel like so many people feel the pressure of, like, you have to do this. You have to set a strict schedule for their sleep and their eat and their this and their that. And it's, like, they can turn out happy and healthy if they don't have that as well. I mean, I didn't have um, any, like, I tried with my son to do, like, a set schedule. Mm -hmm. He was fighting me the whole time. Yeah. And it was more of, like... I fought with him for so long because I thought I had to be a certain way right. as a parent. Like, all these moms are telling me, oh, my kid goes to bed at this time and mm -hmm. this time. And I was like, mine fights me for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I don't know what else to do. I just sleep with him now at this point until he falls asleep. To yeah. this day, I do that, actually, yeah. with my son. And my daughter is just, 
I didn't do anything with her that I did with my son. I just put her in bed, and she's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, why? I know. You went the opposite of yeah. what I was trying to do, so <laughs> just trying too hard. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like sometimes that is it as well, where you're, like, forcing stuff. That's what I remember with, like, I was just talking about this because um, I interviewed Mariah, who's a sleep consultant in the area, and I was like, it was so stressful for me to look at these scheduled programs and be like okay your baby has to get up at seven and then they sleep from nine to ten thirty and I'm like but my baby woke up at nine twenty yeah now what do I do yeah. what do I do yeah. and so I just feel like it's whatever whatever works in your home is the most important thing that's where I have fallen into it and I feel like it's the best for you yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about a little bit about like uh, your yourself. Like, well, this is a, we're going to talk about you a lot about you. I'm so uncomfortable. I love that. it. <laughs> and I was also saying like I loved that you texted me and you're like I want to meet VJ. And I, was I like, know I do. Like, when I sent you the questions, but I mean you should be so proud of everything that's on your resume. Um, so let's talk about uh, life before the states. Like, can you share some insights into your life? And experiencing growing up um, before you moved here? Like, yeah, about... so I, like, I didn't even know that United States existed or mm-hmm. any other country existed because I grew up in an extremely closed-up communist country. Okay. And once the borders opened, I was about, like, 14, 15. Um, it was just extremely overwhelming to mm-hmm. know that it was, like, a whole different world. Okay. Which unfortunately yeah and uh, but the thing with the borders opening like learning about like there's a whole different world out there the negative things came with it as well right. so it was like the civil war happened in my country so I had to like live through that and like my parents had to take me out of school for a little bit because like human trafficking oh, and wow. like all of these things were happening so um, luckily my dad Ended up going drinking one night <laughs> with his cousins, and they were like, "Hey, there is a lottery that you can play, and uh, basically, if you win, you get the green card to go to America." Wow! So my dad went and played the lottery. He's like, "I have two daughters, and yeah. I have a young kid. Uh, my brother was so much younger, and he was like, I just have to do something to get out because we had no idea how it was going to end up. Mm-hmm. We were still living, like hiding and living wow. in this whole thing." So. That was my world. And then I moved to the United States when I was 16. Obviously, my dad won the green card. Lottery. Yeah. And uh, basically, you live over here for five years, and you have the right to apply for a citizenship, and you become a citizen. Okay. What state? Where did you move to the, in the U.S.? Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Uh, under the blue train. Okay. In Kensington. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, yeah. oh, under the blue train. The okay. The Kensington Back blue train. in 1996. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it okay. was a whole different world. Yeah, <laughs> so living in um, so it's Al- Albania. Yes, is where okay. Um, and I, I guess I didn't realize how like closed up and secluded it would be when you're like yeah. bored. So I guess there was no news of like anything else. No, happen- like how does that work? I guess I don't even know it, honestly. Basically, like the TV would get turned on a certain time. Yeah, and it was only like black and white TV. Okay. And as kids, we had a really good childhood, actually. Like, right. we would always play outside. Like, there was no, like, TV time or screen time that right. we grew up with. Uh, all we knew is, like, my friends and I, like, as soon as we would hear the government turning on the TV, because all the TVs would be loud, uh, and you could hear them, we knew it was, like, cute to run home. Okay. And if the news started, 
before us being home, we were in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that, that's how, if that gives you an idea how. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just had cartoons only on Sundays too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's so, I mean, because I mean, the world is so big, but yeah. I feel as though in general, when you live in a speci- in a small like town that you think there's nothing outside, but I can't imagine living in a space that you like actually really don't understand that there's I a do. lot more going on no, outside. It, yeah, it was like, and when we moved to the States, it was like a culture shock. Right. Not only for my family. Right. Who was well established in the little town, you know. Yeah. My mom worked in agriculture high school and my dad worked as a driver for like agriculture farms and everything. So, but moving over here, it was just kind of like, oh, You're this right. is not what we thought it would be yeah. and everything. It was just a shock. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of what the uh, next question was. Like, what challenges did you find when you got here? What were your biggest challenges when you moved and you... Being accepted, mm-hmm. like trying to fit in, mm-hmm. which I don't know why. Like, even to this day, I'm like, why did I try to fit in? I just thought that, like, instead of just accepting myself with my uniqueness, where mm-hmm. I came from, and just embracing that, I tried... I rebelled and I tried to be like the, this bad kid. Not yeah. Really. <laughs> but that was the challenge, just like being. I mean, I was a teenager too, so right. I guess like everything was a challenge when I first moved. Yeah, so well, you. 16. Yeah, you moved at like such a pivotal time in any teenager's life. 16. And then it's like, <laughs> it like yeah, you're, the, you're like, okay, you're getting out of this place that you knew so well and into this big city that you never even knew existed. Like, no. I can't imagine that being a smooth transition for anyone. <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> Let alone a 16-year-old. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was uh, interesting. So how did where you grew up influence your career path as a chef and into the culinary field? Uh, we always cooked at home. Mm-hmm. My grandma would always cook outside in an open fire pit, and uh, we had this little garden in front of our home where she would cook and she would always be like hey BJ can you go and just fetch me an eggplant or whatever and I would just see her cooking right mm-hmm. over there it was like at the same time it was out of necessity because we didn't have an indoor stove stove or oven whatever uh, but that's how this is why the pop-ups happened as well yeah kind of combining that's what I grew up like food was everything right and you're the, the way of cooking is you know I find so individual and unique to like specific successful culinary geniuses like yourself (laughs) so you know I feel like you probably it's like almost like home in my mind I'm like you're just like home cooking for that's that's my go-to home cooking like I always say and my grandma said it and everyone in my life that grew up in Albania all you need is good olive oil and salt right yeah I don't my food is not like fancy sauces and everything. It's just the food that is fresh. Right. You cook it there. It's the technique that you cook it as well. Yeah, that's something I wish I could be better at. My We grew up around the corner from my Graham and Pop, who they're 100% Sicilian, and oh, yeah. they had huge, it was the same, like, I, like when you're talking, I'm like, I kind of feel a little bit of the way we felt, like, going there. They had a huge garden in their backyard. Yes. They were always cooking. It was always, every time you came in, First thing, what yeah. can I get you to eat? Like, you couldn't leave without no. my pop making you something. Yeah. Um, and it was just, that's the way it was, you know? It was beautiful, though. I yeah. found that really beautiful. Right, and it was it just gives such 
it, it's interesting because my our family obviously we I remember going to my grandma and pops Sunday nights for Sunday dinner Monday nights were soup Friday nights were homemade pizza there was probably something else mixed in there and everybody just sat like and and same thing with our own family dinners we sat we no you know TV nothing it was an important communication time and like I, my husband was like, yeah, we would just, like, eat in our room sometime. I'm like, what? That was not allowed, Never. first of all. <laughs> but secondly, like, but, like I feel as though as in maybe annoying as it was sometimes, especially, you know, in the teenage years, it was, like, looking back, it's such an important base of just, like, family, which is, yeah. um, you know, something that's so important, I think. So, all right back to you and your field and fire. <laughs> uh, you recently have had and will have pop-up farm dinners in the Bucks County area. Could you just like elaborate on the concept of it? Share um, like what your vision for it is? Um, I really didn't have a long run vision. All I knew is that I just wanted to cook mm -hmm. and I wanted to cook the way that my grandma cooked. And for a long time, I thought it was just a crazy idea I had until I started watching The Lost Kitchen with Erin Finch on HBO. And I loved how she, even during COVID, she was so creative and she didn't like focus on like, oh, this is such a crazy idea, but she just went for mm -hmm. it. So yeah, that's, I yeah. don't have a long, I'm just going for it right now. And whatever it takes me, it takes me. But I just, want to give it a try and see and I that's what I, I was saying again earlier like I saw some people share about you on social media in it must have been the summer because I was like oh who's like who I is just, this yeah. who what is this you know I feel as though pop-up dinners are just so uh, you know I, I saw the one that you recently did at Hollow House Farm and it just like looked so beautiful in the sense of, again, bringing the community together, like eating good food. That's something that is such a great idea. And I feel like we need more of them, especially with the farms that we have in Bucks County. There's so many beautiful farms. So many. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like at the Hollow House Farm, yeah. I loved working with Lisa. Yeah, she's awesome. She's amazing. And their, her farm is gorgeous. It's I so, mean, it's so unique. Right. And that's, I had interviewed her as well, and she was, you know, telling me about the farm, which it sounded great, and it sounded awesome, and then I went, and I was like, I did not imagine how much character this had yeah. from everything that you even said. Character. Like, this is just, right yeah, everything is just perfect, and yeah. I, it's just so, and, you know, so that's awesome. Um, so before this, you have a, an extensive extensive background um, in all sorts of food, one being a food stylist and recipe tester, including working with shows like Chopped Jr. and The Rachel Ray Show. How did these experiences, um, you know, influence your approach, and can you tell me about some of those experiences? Um, it was, so like everything, I consider myself a very late comer into the culinary world. I started in my 30s, I went to the culinary school. Mm. It was like after switching so many career paths and everything. Um, working on this show, so it, it just makes you realize uh, how hard it is, one, to actually just be in the industry mm -hmm. itself. But at the same time, it teaches you how to like play around with flavors and mm -hmm. experiments because you over there and you're like cooking all this food and making all these recipes and like 
working with all these chefs and you're just learning new ingredients, you're learning new spices that I've never heard before, mm -hmm. like cuisines that I never thought I would try to even cook before because I was extremely intimidated. But having this over there, it was right. kind of fun, actually. That's amazing. Say, yeah. Um, that's, I know, yeah. That, so, like, being a, a recipe tester, what does, what exactly, in my non-culinary mind, I imagine <laughs> you dropping off your mushroom soup to me and me <laughs> saying, this is great. <laughs> so what does that? A recipe tester, so, like, at the Food Network uh, magazine. Yeah. Um, you have the developers, mm -hmm. which are the chefs that develop the recipe. And before the recipe goes into publication, there's uh, steps that you need to take. Like one of the steps was like retesting the recipe, mm -hmm. but not actually the chef that created it. it so would you would like, cook it? I would read the recipe right. and just cook it as is, mm -hmm. word per word. And then you would have uh, the producers or other food tasters that would come around and they would taste it. And they would say, oh, I think this has a little bit too much salt, or maybe we should switch this vegetable for this other ingredient wow. or whatever. So you keep testing the recipe until you have a go yeah. to be published. I never knew that was it like, I, again, I'm thinking recipe tester, you're the chef that created the recipe is what you're tasting. Um, but it makes a ton of sense it's for someone to you don't want uh yeah you don't want they're like reading the recipe and yeah. doing it and I was like well wait a second it didn't yeah. come out the way you said it would come out and especially because most people are baseline you know yeah. oh, i'm just gonna get this because i want to make something special and when they have that in their hand they want to make sure that it is special rather yeah. than just, it's a lot of steps yeah and so what did you do with rachel ray i was a food stylist okay. so basically and a chef over there so i would it was a team of four of us, including the culinary producers, and we would cook all the food for the show and help on setting up all the stages for- Like when she picks it out of the, okay. Yeah, so if she gets the lasagna out of it, um, we would be like, it would be all of her recipes. Uh, the one thing that I learned from Rachel actually was like how to be a hard worker mm -hmm. and stay true to her, yourself. Uh, this woman, no matter how busy she was, she always sent the recipes on time and it was always her food. We just helped producing it in a way that could be ready for, because it was a live audience. Right. Oh, show. right, right. So you have to have like some steps, right? Yeah. Most of the recipes on that show that like Rachel would just do them from start to finish wow. because that's how she is. Right. She's just, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that, that was one of, like, the coolest just, like, personal things that I was, re you know, reading of your background and, you know, just, like, because I was like, oh, my God, I would watch this. Like, I've definitely seen your, your stuff before on TV, which is really a cool thing um, because I just, I used to love her show when I had time to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely, like, uh, one of her biggest fans. Like, the first day that I started on the job and I saw her, I was like, so nervous and so like excited and overwhelmed because right. I'm like, oh my God, is Rachel Ray in the same room with me? Like, how do you get, how do you apply for that job? How does that come about? <laughs> Everything that has happened in my life is uh, out of chance and out of the fact that I just am very open to meeting very in, in people. I'm just, yeah, I, I put myself out there. Right. Uh, I, when I lived in California with my husband, I followed my husband to California, actually. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, he was my boyfriend. He said that I need to do something with my life. Mm -hmm. So 
He suggested to culinary, went to culinary school, and I was posting on social media a lot about my food that I was mm-hmm. doing in culinary school. And my old boss in this cafe that I worked, she said, I see that you went to culinary school. I know someone that knows someone at Food Network. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Which is the first thing that they told us the first day of culinary school was, if you come here because you want to be another Food Network person, give up your dream right now because you're not going to be it. <laughs> um, you're you're like, be well. I didn't even know yeah. there was such a job actually at Food Network. Oh I thought it was just like a whole different, yeah. I don't know, like a restaurant style. They right. just cook and everything. Uh, so yeah, that happened. I flew from California to New York and I got an internship. Oh at God. like unpaid internship at like seven dollars after a while it was yeah. like seven dollars and 25 cents or something like that. yeah i think that was like minimum wage back yeah back then but something. it was like i got to be in the same set as yeah like ina garden and i see like bobby flay and giada and i'm like yeah it's okay i can clean the pots yeah totally the ex- i mean the experience of that alone is priceless you know essentially so that's how it started like it was I went to Food Network Uh, once I got that internship my husband was like yeah let's pick up and let's move yeah like really I was like he's like yeah I'll quit my job we'll move to New York I'm like all right okay (laughs) I guess I'll marry you one day yeah (laughs) and that is so true what you said about just putting yourself out there and being open to things and that's something that I have found through just in general people talking to like People are so scared to do that. Yes. And there's so many missed opportunities because they're afraid to just like put themselves out there. And it's like very interesting to me because that's something that I feel like in my 30s that I've learned. People who are less qualified are doing more than people that, you know, I know like might be like you're way more qualified than this person, but it's only because these other people are putting themselves out there. And if you're a hard worker and you put yourself out there like... There's an unlimited opportunity. There's no reason to be afraid. Right. I feel like I was afraid for most of my life growing up in Albania. Yeah. Like everything, especially towards the end. So like when it comes to this type of situations and opportunities, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. It's not as bad as you think. Right. You just got to go for it. And just if you just your true self and your honest self, that's it. Yeah. The worst is saying no. Yeah, exactly. And then that's okay, too, mm-hmm. because something else will come out of that as well, you know, that's not a bad no. Yeah, and that's the one thing that um, Sarah Blakely, who she invented Spanx, and I have listened to, like, a few things about her, and she said at the end of each week, her family would sit down and say, what did you fail at this week? Mm-hmm. And they would celebrate their failures, yes. and that was because they put themselves out there, and I was like we were always brought up to be like, if you fail, like that's a bad thing and not purpose, you know, it wasn't a purposeful like message that anybody sent to us, but I was like, okay, that is a whole other perspective that I never even thought of of failure. Like you tried something, you didn't make a team. Okay. You tried it. It's a good thing to fail because it means you're trying and actually it means that you're learning. Yeah. You can't learn unless you fail. Yeah. That okay, I'm not good at this. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's like with this podcast in, in January, I had no idea what the heck to do. <laughs> Zero idea. No clue. And then all of a sudden I was like, let me just buy a mic and exactly. see what happens. And see? now I'm like, it's been the most rewarding thing to just have conversation with people who are just amazing. And like, yeah. if that's, you know, but what? you followed your God. You yeah. followed your that feeling that yeah. you probably had. Okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I feel like this is a good thing. Yeah. And sometimes, like that's what we suppress a lot. Is right. Like that feeling that like 
what if. Yeah, the and what if yeah. is so important. Right. <laughs> um, it really, really is. So you worked on Beat Bobby Flay. Uh, what was it like working on a competitive cooking show, and how did you prepare for high-pressure situations? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun watching um, other chefs, like, competing and seeing them, what they would come up with. Right. Yeah, that was, like, on the same, like, I worked on the Chopped show as well, and, like, knowing what's in the basket ingredients for the show and you're like oh i just want to see what they're doing yeah just having to taste all the food afterwards and seeing all the work that they put it into it yeah that was the best part and actually bobby flay was like very into it as well he was like i need to see what's really happening right that's you can so see a show, but he's, like, so, like, hands-on in there as well. Okay, so you are going to collaborate for an upcoming event called Gathering Gratitude with some local women. Yes. Um, tell me about it. What inspired you to, like, partner with these women? What is happening? I just got approached by Danielle Brody, mm-hmm. and she had seen my pop-up dinners on social media, and literally her words were, like, this has been on my vision board for a very long time and I love the idea that you're doing this with your sisters and um, my sisters are just kind of stuck doing this with me because <laughs> I have no other choice. <laughs> I just drag them with me. Yeah. Uh, so she approached me and then she had Lori involved as well and uh, and then Anne from Full Feedings um, and it just came, came together like, in the past like couple of weeks actually came together. Yeah. Like, she knew her vision, and it kind of, like, aligned with what I'm doing, and we just went for it. And that's just, that's something, like, with you just being, like, kind of like a pop-up dinner feel, it's like, you can do those events, and you can kind of pick and choose, like, what aligns with you, and where you want to do stuff, as opposed to, like, being in a, not that, I mean, I don't know if that's something eventually that you want to do is have a specific place, but, like, you can do wherever you move or like end up you could travel to do these pop-up dinners and stuff like that that's the fun part is like basically you're just setting up a restaurant right in the middle of this farm and speaking of something forever (laughs) i wanted to share that starting soon i'm going to have a mini winter series of pop-ups they're going to be i'm taking over an indoor greenhouse oh my gosh and it's going to be every other weekend uh it's actually going to be like really open to the public like a restaurant you make a reservation and then you come in and it's chef's menu um, yeah which i'm really big on it because i cannot follow a recipe and i don't yeah. even know how i kept any of my jobs <laughs> i actually followed recipes yeah. i'm sure i forgot salt and spices yeah. all the time and rachel will call me out on that um but i'm starting i'm going to do that as well wow. so it's going to start uh through end, end of november okay. to mid march well, that'll be exciting. That's yeah. perfect because that space like, is also so beautiful. And, it's like, a beautiful space, and they do move all of these plants indoors for the winter yeah. because they take care of that. Right. You know, and I was like, well, how can I help? And they're a nonprofit farm as okay. well. So I was like, how can I? It's kind of like my success, your success, and that's the model that I'm going right. with yeah. right now. Is like, he, like the owner of this farm, he helped me have my first pop up over there. Yeah. And basically, was just. Here's the key to the farm. Yeah. And it was just me and my sisters over there in the middle of this beautiful farm. Yeah. And we took care of it like it was our own mm-hmm. when the first pop-up. And he noticed that and mm-hmm. he trusted. He, that's how trust is built. Right. So then when I suggested the greenhouse, I was like, well, you have this beautiful space. Yeah. Could I use it? 
and he was like, it will be helpful to us and it will be helpful to you as well. So yeah. it's kind of. And that is so it is because like people are going to go to these to see you, but then they're going to see, see all this other stuff. Yeah. And as everything, well. because they are fairly new. Right. As yeah. Well, like, yeah. Especially with the new owners that have taken over, which yeah. is the most amazing couple ever. Yeah. It's so every time we go there, it's like in, I feel like a magazine of, you know, it is. yeah. <laughs> they put in a lot of work. Right. It, and yeah. I admire that. Um, so your event, um, Gathering Gratitude, it is go, is, it's going to bring together local women and moms who believe in the power of community. How do you see the synergy between food, wellness, and energy um, contributing to a transformative experience for the attendees? So honestly, I don't know much about like the whole energy and all of this. So I, I'm actually going to sit myself in there yeah. and just do... Uh, I think food is very important of course. because it just it's, it makes you happy. Yes. It brings positive. Like if you're angry, you know you're hangry because you haven't eaten food. So I guess like, but I do feel like that food and healing is all connected. It's the same with mental health and food mm-hmm. and uh, being active and food. Food is the source of our Everything. of everything. everything I mean you can't live without food so yeah, yeah everything has a connection it depends on like how that connection reaches out to you and how it helps you for yeah the and I do I think food is just such like I said you know when I think of certain foods you think of certain places you've been or it just brings you just like happiness exactly. of and comfort and um you know bringing something like you said with like the other women and the it doesn't have to be necessarily like you know what the 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 uh fancy answer to like yes this food is going to you know it's like no like you just know you cook beautifully and these people are going to be happy when they leave and that's the energy that's that's the energy that you want just happiness and bringing that is something really that like people really underestimate with you know, food and conversation, I think, is that, the, you know, you come home and you just, like, throw, like, something in the microwave and it's, like, you just eat it. Yeah. But you're not, like, enjoying it. So something like yeah. this will definitely bring so much happiness to people. That's, like, the whole thing with a pop-up dinner. It's, like, I want my guests, and I keep them very exclusive. It's mm-hmm. no more than 12 seats. Wow. And, actually, this event, I am expanding to 20 seats, and I have not done 20 seats. Yeah. A sit-down dinner with my sisters and I before. <laughs> We've done it for our family, but that's it. Um, so I keep it very exclusive. The purpose only is because... The connections that you make right. and I see all of these uh, dinners in the farm and they're like long 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 tables and honestly me as a chef myself I get overwhelmed right just by looking at it I'm like oh my god the details and the work and there is a lot of work and detail that goes into it but at the end of the day I want my guests to leave to wanting more mm-hmm. and not feel like so like overwhelmed with what just had happened right yeah no uh, that's that's all that's really such a great vision for that I think it's like so that's I don't know I, that's perfectly said <laughs> I'm like that's like, really I want you to like want more and not be like overwhelmed Oof, okay that was good that was amazing but like but yeah it was a lot going on or something like it's like when you because Kate who my one friend who went to your recent one with her husband oh, um, I love she, her. yeah she's so sweet and she just had the best time she just like raved about how wonderful it was and that night was a whole vibe too. Though. Yeah. Like, oh, her I don't, pictures. I don't are... say that word a lot, a whole vibe, but that night was just 
perfect. Mm -hmm. Everything the way, even though we had to deal with the storm. Yeah, that was like (laughs) almost ruined it. I think I even posted a video of like actually just making fun of myself in that situation. Like, there's a tornado happening. Not really, but here we are. Yeah, it was. I remember that night. Yeah, and her picture she posted, it was just like so beautiful. And I was with my husband's schedule, it's like so annoying because he works every other weekend. So it's like, if, is he um, a pharmacist? He's a no, he's a police officer. <laughs> okay, so. because my brother is a pharmacist yeah. and he works every other weekend. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, so it's just like when even like the the um the event that you're doing in November, like I have it on my calendar. He's working that night. I'm like, all right, I need to figure out who's like who can uh, watch the kids so I yeah. can attend this. That's so always like, the thing. Like, who can watch the kids? Yeah, it's we and we're very lucky to have like such a great village of people to watch our kids. Um, but you know you don't want to like. Sometimes the village runs away though. Yeah, like I don't want to like them. overextend. <laughs> His parents, we are so like they're retired, and my kids are the only grandkids in the area of theirs. Yeah. So it's like you know they're they're always like they love having them over. My parents are a little bit busier and a little bit further away, so it's more like Where planning. Are your they're they're only like thirty minutes. It's not like super far away. Is it Jake in town? No, it's not actually. <laughs> that would have been very funny because that's where my parents. That's are. that's where one of my best friends there. teaches, though. Yeah. So she, uh, so I know that area. But they're in Jersey. They're in Burlington County in Delray. So it's just like a little more to like figure out how to you know get them there, pick them up, and all that. But. I'll figure out which one. We'll be at one eventually. No, I mean, I'm planning to do something like uh, again on the 18th of November. Okay. At Hollow House. I'm just trying okay. to decide oh, on the think... direction of it. It's going to be like, I want to bring some of like the food that I grew up with, which yeah. is extremely simple food. Yeah. Like salt and pepper were our spices back then and right. the fresh herbs, whatever you could get. But, and I want to do that at Hollow House. Uh, reason is because like, the the vibe that is in there there I go twice yeah. oh, person that never it's uses your new that word, word. <laughs> it's gonna be my new word now um it's just like the character that that yeah place has it just reminds me of being back home mm-hmm. and I think like that's what happened on the night that your friend Kate was there too it was just I even allow myself to have a glass of wine and I usually don't drink nor do I eat when I do these events mm-hmm. It's kind of. It's like, very like it's in, like, the I, I, I do it, I'm in the zone. I know that I, I gotta do it. Right. Yeah. Um. So, we, you know, we've talked a lot about what you do. Let's talk about how you are, um, while doing all of this. And you know, we kind of talked about you were recently diagnosed with ADHD and some other mental health related diagnosis. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So you know, that's such an important thing to talk about. Yeah, I mean, throughout, like, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a very latecomer into the culinary world, Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting how everything got put into perspective once I was diagnosed with ADHD, which I thought it was just an excuse for college kids, Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, it's actually real, and how actually ADHD is more than just what everyone else thinks. It's like the way that you think about yourself and the way that people perceive like see you and you just kind of like dwell on that thing is is so many layers and mm-hmm. so many steps into it and um as soon as I got diagnosed with that I was pregnant with my daughter wow and um I was just like wait what no like so what like, how did you get diet like what were your why were you dying my husband later in life? would always tell me you are very ADHD I can't keep a conversation with you and I'm like 
oh, you're just saying this. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he will like point it out. And like my husband has been nothing but like my best friend and my support in every single decision I've made in life. Mm -hmm. Even if it's from moving from one state to another state or whatever I'm doing right now, getting up and doing pop-up dinners and he's there for everything. So at one point I was like, oh, maybe I should just really listen to you. Maybe there is something to mm -hmm. it. And I always thought, and I made an excuse, oh, it's because English is my second language. I get those insecurities. I get all of this. And maybe this is why I couldn't finish a major in college or I couldn't, like, you know, be able to do anything, actually finish it to mm -hmm. the end successfully. I would start 20 different projects and I would never finish one. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> but then I would jump into a different, different one. one. And then that's when the anxiety starts taking over because you have started... 30, 40 different projects and you have not finished any of them, then compulsively I find myself to just go and clean. Mm -hmm. Leaving those projects over there, but I just want to clean. Mm -hmm. And that apparently is a side of ADHD because it makes you satisfied at the moment because you know that you cannot finish those 40 projects that you have because you started them out on a wimp. Mm. But cleaning, it was, I can clean it, it's clean right now. Right. And that was... Wow. Very like it got in, put into perspective for me once I got diagnosed and I actually was, all right, I'm going to just sit with this. And I started reading books and I started doing this is where exercise comes into handy. Uh, running has always been like the one thing for me. Um, I'm not a very like a deep thinker type of person. I just think mm -hmm. kind of like surfacely. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. All right, yeah. Let's just do it. Uh, but running gets me to that point, and the longer I run, the better it is for mm -hmm. me, and it sounds kind of ridiculous. No, it doesn't. I, yeah. I can totally relate to that in the sense of, like, I, I, yesterday I was having, like, such a bad day, and then I just went, like, on the treadmill, and I was like... I saw that, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, I was like, wow. And I noticed it more than normal. I mean, I know that I do think through my problems when I'm running. Yeah. But it was very adamant of like everything and giving myself the answers that like I kind of needed. Yes. And so I, yeah. if I would have kept running longer, there would have been more well, more problems answered. I guess. Yeah. And just write them down. So this is yeah. the solution. <laughs> so I, I get it. But that's where everything kind of like, if you think about it, or the way that I think of it is food, exercise. Everything has to do with the mental health. Mm -hmm. Every little aspect of your life has to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, I was ashamed the first month that I would go to the doctor I was after I was diagnosed and they were trying different medications and everything. And I would be like crying because I was like, oh, I know I'm a, I sound ridiculous. I sound so stupid. And then the guy would say that my doctor would say like, no. Like, why yeah. would you say this about yourself? Right. Like, would you say this if you had to go and get a root canal and you just felt like, oh, I feel so bad because I ate too many sweets or whatever. He was like, it's just, this is what it is. Right. Like, like it should be a shame. Yeah, let's work yeah. through it and yeah. find a solution for yeah. it. So do you think that it's now on the other end of it? Are you happy that you went through and... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm really happy about it. And it's something that, like, I want to teach my kids about it and just to be like, all right, this is happening. It's yeah. another health, it's a, it's a health diagnosis, right. like literally. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not as physical as you think, which is, I feel like, the worst. And the that's, time. yeah, my husband and I obviously both working with the public, we 
see so many mental health issues and we're like, nobody wants, it, it was such like a stigma for so long about like your physical health is really, you know, if you, if you broke an arm, you'd go to the doctor and get it fixed. Exactly. And like you, you know, just like you were saying with the root canal and everything, yeah. like you would get your health fixed. But like, yeah. why do you think that the way that you're living your life every day with the, the thing in your mind, that's like sometimes more than your, you know, important than your legs. Um, It is actually because we've seen, I've seen a lot of athletes that have no legs and they're still running and doing it. They are very strong mentally. Right. As well. Yeah. And, and it is so important to talk about it and make other people feel like they're not alone because like, even like a lot of the things that you're saying with like starting all these projects and wanting to clean, I'm like, (laughs) I knew that. Like when I started the podcast, I was like, Oh, I will, I don't know, like maybe do like, I I, want to do all these episodes. I'm like, but myself, I know myself and I might like start it off and then just be like, "Uh, I don't know, like fall off, not get to an end. And, um, there's like a lot of my husband, my dad is that way. He like starts all these projects and yeah. then like always has to call someone it's in to so- help him like finish it at the end. And it's, it was like a joke growing up with us where our neighbor was in construction and my dad would start like, you know, he built our house, our deck, our shed, our basketball court, like everything oh in God, our house. That's amazing. But like my neighbor across the street would always have to come at the end to like finish help it. finish it. Like, yeah. you know, be at the end. So it was just like a, it's interesting when you say that, that those are, like, yeah. signs of everything. Those are our signs. Yeah. Or it can be a sign of something else that maybe you should just, like, you know, look into yourself and be like, wait, why am I doing this? Right. What's happening? I feel like as moms and women mm-hmm. and trying to, like, do everything that kind of like the world expected of us, mm-hmm. um, dress nice, uh, look great, um, be a great mom, uh have dinner ready, uh, have a career, have all of them. I feel like we don't get the time to actually really sit with ourselves and just be, well, wait a second, what do I really want? Right. Yeah. And then goes back to all the questions that you asked me about my parenting and how I do things. I just been going for it. <laughs> and it's survival. That's all. Awesome. I mean, yeah. that's great. And that's so, I'm so proud of you for like just rec- you know, going to get that step. And hopefully anyone who's listening that feels that, is you know their scenario that it'll help them as yeah. well it's okay you yeah know, there's nothing to like be ashamed I'm, of. I'm very open about it too, right because i'm like yep i got diagnosed this happened i talk to the ladies that i work out with all the time mm-hmm. i just feel like it should be just another conversation it should be yeah just like sex yeah. education should be a conversation <laughs> all of those things yeah, yeah. and it, and the same thing like when i when becoming a mom, there were so many things that like nobody talks about, No, you know, behind the scenes where you're like, I'm now, once you start talking to people, they're like, Oh yeah, that I was my through. scenario. I went through but this. Why we never talked like, about it. Before. Yeah. Well, why, why? Cause now I think I'm that what's happening to me is not normal or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and like, I you always, feel like ashamed that you just like go into your own world not knowing that that other mom in the playground is going through the same thing as right. you are, but because it's not being talking about it or spoken of, like yeah, is that D- yeah the disconnect of like exactly. that it is um yeah and there was I saw like uh I was like something on I don't know if it, it was like a video on something it was basically like if you 
all the new moms, like the lights on in like the house at like, you know, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. And it's like everybody just thinks like, oh, everybody else's child is asleep all night. Everyone else's child oh, yeah, eats all night or like, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. just like you're really not. And it's no. important to talk about the struggles that you're going through to get the support that you need because. Well, at the same time to like create a path for the future right uh, although like other moms and other women out there that want to get into these careers that they think is crazy or they want to do these things that like they Mm -hmm. never thought they would be able to Mm -hmm. so if we currently us are really open about it and just talk and make it just a normal conversation hey this happened let's talk about it right that's it yeah not be like Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's not as scary. You know, it's yeah. not it's not a scary thing. So I oh my gosh, I think that's so important. And I mean, I, we're helping our own daughters. Right. Yes. I don't want my daughter to like grow up and just be like afraid to speak her voice, her feelings, mm-hmm. or choose the path that she wants to, career and everything. And that has totally opened my eyes up because you know, before kids it is and it's not selfish if anyone doesn't have kids, but you're just in such a selfish mindset in the sense that, like, you're only thinking of yourself yeah. and what you want. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like, like have a humans. future. Yeah. yeah, you have to raise them to be good people and, and be advocates for themselves. And, Absolutely. like, that's one of the things, you know, I always say I'm grateful that I waited to have kids for, you know, until a little bit later and I did too how late we I was 34 and 35 okay I was 36 when I had my first yeah I was 40 when I was pregnant with my daughter yeah and a lot of women when they hear that they're like oh yeah 40 is doable yeah yeah it's doable my parents had my brother when they were 39 and that's like you know that was and not to be like oh that was a time because it's not like that long ago (laughs) it's literally like 25 I think my my brother's like 26 right now you know and it's like but they, I saw them do it at that age, and you know, I felt like in my twenties, like if I had a kid, oh no, heck no, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I feel as though a lot of my survival as a mom now is because I worked through a lot yes. of the stuff to get to where I am now. Exactly, and I felt like confident in a lot of things in my life, but like then it was like bam, motherhood happens, and you got a whole new thing to worry yeah, about. I'm like, like, I'm as like, as soon as you think you're confident, yeah. like then you have that baby, you're like. Oh no, I'm, I'm like, I'm I taking, can't, yeah. I know. I'm like, I can't imagine being like in my twenties and not knowing who the heck I am. Yeah. And then also being like, and I got to raise you too. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? It's like funny. If you notice, like when you had your first kid or maybe I was the only one that noticed that you get all of this care in the hospital, right? Like all the nurses are there for you right before the baby's born. Everything's there. Then as soon as baby's born and you move into this room, they disappear. Yeah. They're just doing their routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, there is a lot of things going on with me right now. Like, I learned with my daughter that the second night when they're born is actually when they're the most hungry because they... Yep. And I'm like, what? Well, yeah. I'm like, I didn't know this. <laughs> I didn't know I that either. I just learned this with my second kid. I would be like amazing as a mom of a third kid. Yeah. I, I do it so right. <laughs> that's how I feel. Like our first night with Willow, you know, she slept through and Mark's like, oh God, this, this is, is easy. easy. <laughs> and then he's, no. the second night he's like, what? He 
because he was like, did we do something to her? I'm yeah. like, no, this is like a pair. Who knows? I don't know. Like, who now knows? Now I know why the nurses were telling me, like, sleep yeah. on the first night mm-hmm. that my son was born. They still think they're in the room, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, my son was born just crying, screaming. Aww. And my daughter was just like, Uh, I'm like okay this is so different yeah and I was talking to some of my girlfriends like also about the fact that like you want to be the mom you know with you were maybe with your first with your second or how you know whatever it's like you you can't be the mom that you are the first kid you have all the like attention and like you know you're there you get all the new stuff yeah and then the second one though you're not there as much, but they have a confident mother, way more confident than with the first one. And that's yeah. kind of what I always think. Like, the attention for the first one makes up for me not knowing what the heck I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so no, really, the like, second, and with Parker, I'm give like, you yeah. a book of, like, how to yeah. um, raise a kid, but they give you a book of, like, how to, the pregnancy book? Yeah, I, like, I know. Well, like, I think, like, everyone read that. Yeah, the what to expect way. when you're expecting. Yeah, I'm like, no, why don't you tell me what to expect afterwards? Yeah. Because that's called the fifth trimester. Yeah, and I actually, my ADHD, you know, thinking yeah. back to, I, when I was pregnant with Parker, I started a fourth trimester book for, like, for you to, like, for after you have oh, the, the baby. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. No, it's like the a, fifth one. <laughs> like oh, please! I was like, please, no, don't let there be five. I'm on the eighth trimester. But I have it, and I have a lot of it together, and I just, like, maybe it'll just be used as, like, a journal for something, but, like, I want to eventually put that, like, out there because I feel like there was nothing to prepare you for after you have the baby. We have to normalize it. Yeah. We have, it has to be another conversation. We have to talk about it. Yeah. And not be like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out eventually. No, there's moms out there that probably have a six-month-old right now and it's their first baby and they They have not figured it out because we're not talking about it as much. The same as with the mental health Mm -hmm. and the same with, like, it's okay to have a career path at age 30. Mm -hmm. I was 30 years old when I went to culinary school. It's amazing. And Look at all you achieved with it. And I just... It just, it was the right time. But mm-hmm. before that, I was struggling. I was struggling to figure out where I fit in mm-hmm. into this new whole world that I had moved to states. You yeah. Know, like, am I this person? Am I that person? Do I like this or do I like that? And I never, like, and my parents were there and they tried to be there as much as they could. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it was hard for It was them hard. Too. Yeah. They were like, trying to figure like, stuff out too. I'm trying to yeah. figure it out as well. <laughs> but luckily, you know, here I am right now having a glass of wine. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I think that's like an awesome. Before before I do close up, I do have to ask one question. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite dish to make? It depends on the mood. <laughs> but honestly, you're gonna laugh. Ramen. Oh, like do you like spice ramen. it up or like you just basic out of the? Oh my gosh, it's it's that, very bad. Yeah, is... <laughs> I like, was not expecting that of all the easiest, the easiest, the most satisfying thing ever. Oh my gosh, to I love that. Eat at the end of the night. That that is a good comfort food for yeah. sure. Like we we have some ramen in our pantry right now. And oh when God, I got when I like brought place. it home, Mark was like, oh, "You brought home ramen? Oh yeah. my gosh, this is so exciting!" I'm like I know. I fessed it up once, and then my husband and my son, who is obsessed with ramen as well, and they were looking at me like, "Like what did what you did do?" You do today? Yeah, Can you like, just make it normal. Yeah, like, just give us it right out of the yeah, package. No, right <laughs> That's also good to hear that uh, you know. 
someone as good of a cook as you, your family loves your ramen. <laughs> I'm, I'm running out of ideas to cook for my kids. Oh, I know. And, like, it's, it's a different aspect when you're, like, cooking for this whole, like, mm-hmm. dinner and mm-hmm. you have to be creative. But I'm not going to give my son, like, that soup that I just tested the other day with, like, caviar. Yeah. Oh, like, that looks so good. Like, what is this? Yeah. So, like, I'm running out of ideas myself of what to feed the kids because... They get picky. Yeah, they surely do. I'm like, all right, maybe I should just go to Chick-fil-A or this tonight. Chicken is what my daughter... She used to be a great eater, and now it's like she'll just have, like, chicken. That's pretty much it. But see, we all have the same challenges. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. Everybody has this problem, so I'm not really concerned about it. She used to eat, and she'll eat again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm running out of ideas what to do for lunch boxes. I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, I don't know. You can't do peanuts. No, yeah. Okay, well, I can't put this over there because she doesn't like this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Same spot, same boat. Yeah, everybody is. I swear, it's a uh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was amazing. Um, that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Running Why Mom. I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation with VJ as much as I did from her journey growing up in a close knit village to an incredible um, experiences in the culinary world. VJ has shown us that the joy of food and shared moments can truly create unforgettable memories. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving review and sharing it. You can follow me on Instagram at the running wine mom underscore, and you can find VJ at chef VJ underscore field underscore and underscore fire, where she shares her upcoming events and pop-ups. I'll also share that in the show notes. Thank you for coming. This This was was fun. This was so fun. I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm sure there will be many more times. I'll just come by next weekend. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think Mark's working next weekend. Sure. (laughs) I'm always up for wine and conversation. I'm right there. Yes. Um, Thank you so much, everyone, for joining today. Remember, you are strong, you are capable, and you are all amazing. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep embracing the joy of motherhood. Cheers, and I will be back next Tuesday.